So, at the beginning of the year, we set our young people a challenge. We set them the challenge to work together. To not act as individuals that just come to a Sunday service and they sit next to a bunch of other individuals, but that they actually combine all that they are and all that they have and they come together for a, for a common purpose. And what you saw this morning just blesses M&I's heart and the leader's heart. You know, what you have to take into account is that, as you'll remember, some of us, uh, so remembering a couple of months ago, we had a baptism service. And some of our young people were so petrified of speaking in front of you guys. They're all right with us, but it's just you lot. I don't know what you do, but no. In front of a stage like this, many of them felt they couldn't go through with it. And yet every single one of them, we saw them today acting, dancing, singing, shouting, narrating. It's an awesome testament. So when it's not just about you, but it's about us. And I, when I become part of us, look at what we can accomplish. On their own, they couldn't have done it. On their own, they would have got scared. Fear would have taken them and they would have, and they would have backed out. And you know what? Some of them wanted in their natural selves to do that. When we started this process and we began to, to, to go through it, some of them were like, yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then they saw what they had to do. They would go, oh, maybe not so sure now. I mean, you know, I think it's pretty cool that we had a black Jesus. I just think it's awesome. He <laughs> was the coolest Jesus we've ever had. But Daniel wanted it. He wanted it. I want to be Jesus. And then he saw what he had to do. He was like, uh, <laughs> do I still want to be Jesus? And he had a moment. But it wasn't just us. It was his, it was his, it was his co-youth members supporting one another, helping one another, giving each other advice and just sticking together that enabled them to overcome their fear, overcome their, their natural instincts to shy away. And we really wanted to celebrate, celebrate that this morning. And what we, there's something that Phil spoke uh, in one of the um, emerging voices, no, that's us, uh, in one of the uh, authentics. And he said, who raised Christ from the dead? The answer was all of them. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. What, the, what we saw and the reason why you saw next to Daniel Iversai was the Father and the Holy Spirit was because one didn't do it on their own. And I want us to look at just quickly Ephesians 1, 3 to 10. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Powerful, amazing scripture. And I got this imagine 
Imagination, as I'm doing a fill at the moment. Just imagine my crazy world at the moment. Before the creation of the world, he thought of us. He chose us. He predestined us. And I have this imagination, this imaginary conversation between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That goes, right, we're going to create these, these, these beings in our own image. And this is how it's going to play out. And we're going to give them all the time in the world. We're going, to give them, we're going to give them every chance. We're going to give them the garden. We're going to give them all of these things. And we know what they're going to do because we're going to put this, this nature is, this is what's going to happen. They're going to fail us. We're going to give them a chance and they're going to fail again. We're going to give them another chance and they're going to fail again. They're going to do evil things. But, but, we love them that much that we need to make a way that once and for all will ensure no matter how much they mess up, they can be with us at the end. And so they looked at each other and Jesus went, I'll do it. And God went, okay. And the Holy Spirit went, okay. But you won't do it on your own. The fact that we are loved so much that God knows, knew that we were going to be imperfect. He knew we were going to mess up. He knew our desires would be evil at times. He knew all the things that we were going to cause, the grief, the suffering, the pain. Christ knew what he was going to have to do before he ever created Adam. And he did it anyway. He chose to do it anyway. That is a love that deserves our worship forever, for all time. In Christ we have the redemption through his blood. Forgiveness of sins and grace lavished upon us for the Father's good pleasure. It is the pleasure of God to lavish his grace upon our lives. And when you see how we have the Holy Spirit, the revealer of Christ, we have the Christ, the Savior of the world. All three of them had to work in unity. And what is their desire? That there would be unity on heaven and on earth. That we may, as a body, as a, as a group of individuals, be part of a body that will forever bring unity. This is, this is what this epitomized this morning. And I love the fact that it took teamwork to do what they did. And it took teamwork to do what these young guys did. And we must understand that today is a reminder of how the body of Christ must unite. We must come together. Because on our own, we are limited. But together, we are stronger. Um, what has been great through the process of, of putting together the performance that you've seen this morning was um, the questions that it sparked from our young people. And we found at the start, when we kind of began this process and we brought it to them about doing this performance, that their knowledge of the events sort of leading up um, and surrounding the death and resurrection of Christ were actually quite limited. Did they know that Jesus died for them? Yes, they did. But understanding the process that he went through, the things he suffered and experienced, and even things like the historical content, context, sorry, when it happened in history, one of the biggest revelations in one of our sessions 
was the fact that we let them know that it was during Roman rule. And it was like, all of a sudden, this light bulb turned on. It was like, oh, Roman rule. It was like, well, I've learned about the Romans in school and just and all of that. And it was just like this light bulb turned on of, oh, suddenly I've got context. And they went away and they researched the Gospels. They read through them. They had to consider people's perspective, as you heard this morning. They had to think about what they felt, what they experienced, what they saw. They had to put themselves in their shoes. And it gave us a great opportunity, not only to bring understanding and context, but to preach again the truth. The truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And the, that simplicity of the gospel, you know, it says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And to convey this truth to our young people, even in something as, as simple as bringing context to the, the historical time of Jesus' death and resurrection, it had impact. We could see the impact that it had at that moment. And it led me to think how easy it is in our own Christian walk sometimes to allow ourselves to become dulled to the truth of what Christ accomplished. You know, in the midst of life and circumstance and even, even church life, we can forget the impact that Christ had upon us and our world. You know, Easter's not the only time, we've said it a number of times today, Easter's not the only time we should remind ourselves of what Jesus did and what Jesus accomplished. It should impact us every single day of our lives. You know, and I've been reading Colossians recently, where Paul is writing to the church. And it's a point in time where there was some kind of erroneous teaching that was trying to come in that begun to enter into the church that attacked the central place that Jesus Christ had in, in, um, in the salvation of the human race. And Paul, he responds by what I think is one of the fullest pieces of writing on who Jesus is and what Jesus achieved. And he's bringing people, the people, the church, back to the truth of who Christ is. And he says things like, he is the image of the invisible God. By him, all things were created. He is the firstborn from among the dead. And all God's fullness dwells in him. And in Colossians 2, it says, verse 9, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision, not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them 
by the cross. If we can't stand in victory after reading something like that, when will we ever stand in victory? I don't know about you, but there is a part of me when I read that that wants to shout it from the rooftops. There's something within me that is stirred. And you know, our world is crying out for this truth. Our world needs it. Our world needs Christ. And you know what? Christ needs you. He needs you to proclaim it. He needs you to speak it. And Paul goes on to say a bit further on, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, you can only do that when that truth is truly living inside of you. It's out the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. But just like these young people today, it can't be just one or two. This production happened this morning because each member of the Youth and Emerging Voices was willing to play their part. And it included them stepping into unknown territory and being willing to do it, even though it frightened them. Because I assure you it did. <laughs> but it's so important that, that that truth lives inside of us. Amen. And so, Going to go, go back and read you a little excerpt from the, the final speech that Daniel read to us. He says, so why did I do all this? I came as a man. I lived as a man. I was tempted as a man. I was persecuted as a man. I suffered as a man. I felt as a man. I loved as a man. And I died as a man. All of this was to show you that no matter what you go through in life, I understand. And it says in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have a high priest who has been through every kind of human emotion, who has been through every kind of trial and test of life. He had to work and learn a craft. He had to have a job. He was parented. He had to grow up. He had to make friends. He had to understand how to live in his society. He had to learn how to stand up for something. He had to learn how to be persecuted. He had to learn how to respond when people betrayed him. He had to learn how to respond when, when he had to trust. He had to love. He had to be selfless. He had to do everything we do. He also had to learn how to, resp how to communicate with his father. He didn't just beam me up to heaven whenever he felt like it. He went and prayed. 
We saw him in the garden. He prayed. He always went to pray with his father. Jesus wasn't just this all omnipotent being. He was also a man to show. That's why they call him the pattern son. You see, but what we do is we, as a, ha- as, as, a, as, a, as a house, we as Christians, so many of us, we miss the fact that in every area of life, Jesus can show you the way. And what happens is this, when we, it says here that, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. The problem is we don't profess our faith. We have it inside the walls of the church, we have it. But we do we profess our faith, each doing what they can, as, as the scripture said in Colossians, taking every opportunity. And what we really want to leave you with this morning is a challenge That let this Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, who can show you in every circumstance and situation you can possibly go through, when you talk to your friends, when you talk to people in your workplace, when you talk to someone on the street, there is a God here who can solve any issue they have, who can turn any life around. And that has got to be the expression of our heart. That we believe so much in the Christ that changed our lives that we are willing to share that good news with someone else. It's time the church stopped waiting for an evangelist to come into the church to set up an evangelistic ministry and start being the evangelist in every area we go to. God has given us the word of God. He has given us every spiritual blessing that we can need in Christ. He has given us everything we need in the Holy Spirit. He gives us gifts of the Spirit. He gives us all that we need. All we have to be willing to do is to open our mouths. See, as Christians, we we often talk about, let's let our life, let our life speak. Absolutely, your life should speak. And you know what? Jesus' life spoke. He never sinned. But he went through every trial that we did and more. But he still opened his mouth. The life caused someone to notice. But it's the words that come out of the mouth that are able, just like like, um, Peter did in the day of Pentecost, and it cut them to the heart. And 3,000 were added that day wasn't just the fact that, oh, look, look at that righteous people over there praying. No, they then opened their mouths and they professed the faith that they hold firmly to. And that is when the church began to expand. That is why we are sat in this room today, 2,000 years later, knowing who Christ is. Because someone opened their mouth. Church, it's time for us to start opening our mouth. To let the... Our hearts, our prayer last night when we were praying was was simply this. That this is not just another religious day where you go, wasn't it great what Jesus did? But that the Holy Spirit would come and set a fresh fire in everyone's heart this morning. That we must each take responsibility for the part we must play. Yes, we have to run our race. But part of running our race is to go into the nations. To proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and to bring unity on heaven and earth.
We are the gateway to heaven for those who are lost. There is a nation out there that is dying, that is crying. You know, I saw two articles, one from the Guardian, one from the Sun. And they were interesting. One of them was the Guardian was talking about, uh, is there any historical evidence to say that Jesus ever existed as a historical figure? And the answer is yes, absolutely tons. So it doesn't matter whether you believe in Jesus or not. You can't argue the guy lived. And the guy, the guy was, there was a man called Jesus from Nazareth who was crucified and said he was God. Okay? But the other one was um, talking about, you know, what is Easter? Why, why do we have eggs? Why do we have bunnies? And all this kind of stuff. But the, the overriding thing that both articles had to do, they had to tell you who on earth he was. What is Easter? What do Christians believe? And do you know what, why they had to do that? Because there is less and less of an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Our world is eroding Christ, trying to erode Christ. So who is going to change that? We can't rely on the media. We can't rely on the papers. It's us. We are the living witnesses for him. And so this is not go out on your own and change the world. God is not saying that. He gives us a body. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost change the world together. Our young people were able to overcome all of their fears and all of their concerns and all of that stuff that teenagers go through, you know, peer pressure and do I look stupid and all that kind of stuff. And they all did that, overcame it together. We must be overcomers. We must be proclaimers of this faith. We must be the mouthpiece of God together. So everyone does their part. So together we can see this house expand. We can see the kingdom of God advanced and we can see lives saved. Amen. Why don't we just stand together? Okay, let's just raise our hands, if you would. Jesus, we honor you this morning. We thank you this morning. Not only today, but tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day after that. You are still reigning supreme. Your kingdom shall never end. You shall never end. And so our praise shall never end. We sang this morning that being thrown upon the praise of a thousand generations, but Lord, let it be a thousand more. A thousand more after us. But Father, this morning, open every heart. Open every heart to a fresh revelation of who you are this morning. Of who you are. Not just of who you were. Not just of what you did, but who you are. And what you are in our lives. And what you can be in our lives if we only let you. And the potential of what is in each of us if we work together in unity as one body. Right now, with every hand raised, every eye closed, Father God, right now, bring down a fresh fire to burn in every heart right now. Let the, let, let, let the refiner's fire come down, but Father, let a fire of evangelism, let the fire of conviction come into every life, that Jesus, not only will I proclaim you in the church, but I'll proclaim you on every street corner, on every road, in every town, in every city, in every place that we go. We will have this confidence. 
enough to open our mouths. Father, let every mouth speak from the heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right now, come, begin to ask, God, give me a fresh fire. Give me a fresh fire. Give me a fresh fire to have faith, to pronounce your word. That even in the midst of a, of a, of a, of a, of a spirit of an age, I can still proclaim you. That I believe is greater is he that is in me than is he in the world. That the same power that raised Jesus from the, from, from the grave is in me right now. Oh, Father God, give us that fire. Stir it up in us, Lord. Stir it up. Stir it up in us right now. Come on, church, be stirred. Let your hearts be stirred to Christ. Let your hearts be stirred. The gospel needs to come out. It's you are the vessel. You're the vessel for the gospel to come forth. Oh, Jesus. Oh, we love you. 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 We want others to know that we have. Oh, Stir us up, Lord. Set a fire in our souls that can't be contained, that can't be controlled. Thank you, Jesus. Stir it up, Lord. Stir it up, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. Dorothy? Where's Dorothy at the back? You should at the back. I believe you wanted some prayer, honey. Do you want to come forward? So we just believe. Do we believe in who Jesus is? Are we convinced that he can do all things? Then let's apply our faith right now for this lady who needs, who needs prayer, who needs healing. Let's seal this, this day with, with a healing that can only come. From the, one, from the one almighty. Amen. So right now, right now, Dorothy, right now, we come against any sickness in the name of Jesus, the one who is able to heal, the one who is set on the throne of God. Father God, right now, we say, in the name of Jesus, be well. In the name of Jesus, be restored in your body. Be restored in your body right now. Remove every ailment, remove every pain, remove everything that would come against health in her body. So right now, in the name of Jesus, strengthen her mortal body. Bring full restoration in the name of Jesus, in the almighty name of Jesus. Oh, come on church, we're going to declare it out. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, receive it, receive it right now, Dorothy. In your heart. Receive it. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your healing, Lord. We proclaim your healing over this lady's life. We proclaim in, in, in the name of Jesus, healing over your life. Right now. Right now. Dorothy, the Lord says, your faith has healed you, is what he said to so many people. Let your faith in Jesus Christ cause that healing to come. When he sees the faith in your heart. He'll just step in, just, it's a simple step, step into that healing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And that's it. So, bit of good morning. Excellent. But let's not just have a good morning and go out the same. Keep that prayer in your heart. 
I guarantee you, if you keep that prayer, you will find opportunities this week to start to speak about your faith.